0: blog talk radio good morning everybody and welcome back to another episode of bucko booth my name is benson vector and i'll be the host of your show today if two weeks ago was a bad week for the pirates this past week was a pretty darn good one as they finished with the record of five and two let's start off with a recap saturday the 16th they lost to the tigers by a score of six to three archer road didn't have his command in that game uh, which is a big reason why we lost. But then the five-game winning streak began. Win against the Red Sox on Sunday, 8-1. Tyone dominated. Win against the Rays on Monday, 4-2. Cam pitched well. Win against the Tigers on Tuesday. Brawl pitched well that game. Win against the Twins on Wednesday, an epic comeback. Down 4 nothing, 5 nothing. Headed into the eighth inning. Pirates put up four runs in that ninth inning. There's two outs, still score 5-4. to four. We hit four straight singles, 6-5 to five win, solid all around. And Thursday, uh, 75 win over the Orioles. Jung Ho gone with a walk-off homer. And yesterday, a 3-2 loss to the Rays. Our comeback was full, but overall, a fantastic week for this Pittsburgh Pirates team. And they're getting hot at just the right time let to our weekly awards. My player of the week is Adam Frazier, a two fifty average, 3 for 12 this week. And those peripherals don't look great, but overall he had a solid week. I'm going to say this many times this season, and you guys better get used to it. All Adam Frazier does is hit. He's a hitting machine, and he's going to be in competition for the nationally batting title this season. And mark my words on March 23rd, he will be in competition for that batting title. He has quick hands. He is still at the plate, and he knows how to hit the baseball. He's finally going to have an everyday job, an everyday opportunity, and we saw what he did with that in the second half of last season. He's one of the best hitters in all baseball. Expect that to continue over into 2019. Great week for Mr. Brazier. Our pitch of the week goes to Felipe Vasquez with a nightmare. One and a third innings pitched in a game, no hits, no runs no walks, three strikeouts. I mean, he couldn't have done any more. I guess he could have struck out four guys. But Felipe Vasquez, he's fine. he's tuned up, he's ready to roll. I mean, we're 5 days away from opening day at this point, and yeah, Felipe is ready to go and shown the spring training. He he left off right where he's in uh the end of the season last year. He's picking that up right where he left off at the end of 2018. Felipe Vasquez is the best closer in baseball. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I mean, people say Chapman's better. Well, no, Vasquez arguably throws harder than him, and he has three other pitches while Chapman really just has the slider. Felipe has a curveball changeup and a slider to go with that, and they're all just dominant pitchers. That man is the last guy that I would want to face in a batter's box. Great week from Felipe Vasquez. Rookie of the week goes to Pablo Reyes, 353 average, 5 for 17, 4 RBIs. Lil Pablo, he's competing hard for that final, one of those final bench spots on the opening day roster. He really showed up last September in a big way, and it's, Easily become a fan favorite at this point. I would like to see him make the opening day roster as a utility man, but he's going to be in competition with Kevin Newman probably for that spot. Reyes does have a little bit of the upper hand, though, because he can play some outfield, and he just plays more positions. He plays all the positions in the infield, some track first base, and he can play all the spots in the outfield. Newman is really just second, short, maybe a little bit of third. But a fantastic week from Pablo Reyes. He's a little guy, but he has a big swing. And he reminds me a lot of Josh Harrison, to be honest. Like, the energy and joy that he brings to the game is exciting to watch. And I really hope he makes the opening day roster on Thursday. All right, glove of the week goes to Adam Frazier. 12 total chances, 15 assists, 5 putouts, 2 double plays, no errors. Adam Frazier's defense throughout his career has been supposedly a question mark a liability, so to, so to say. And really, when he got an everyday opportunity last season when he took over for Josh Harrison at second base, he showed that he has an excellent glove and that he can play a solid second base. When he was bouncing around, you know, the outfield, the infield, trying to get at bats and all that, his defense struggled because there was not one set position that he could focus on and that he could perfect. But now that Adam Frazier is second base and nobody's taking that from him, expecting him to have a great season defensively. That middle infield duo, especially Eric Gonzalez. Eric Gonzalez is a fantastic glove. He could win gold glove in 2019. Adam Frazier isn't at that type of level, but he's still a solid defender and he makes the plays that he needs to make. Another reason why he was our player of the week. Solid week for Frazier, Vasquez, Reyes. All right, let's talk about that final rotation spot. It's a big day for it. We'll see who's going to win that spot. This afternoon could give an indication as to who will win the final spot in the Pittsburgh Pirates' starting rotation. When the Pittsburgh Pirates signed Jordan Lyles to a one-year contract at Major League Baseball's Winter meetings in December, General Manager Neil Huntington announced that he would have an opportunity to earn a spot in the team's starting rotation. When Huntington said this, many people, myself included, saw it as GM speak. During his career, Lyles has struggled mightily as a starting pitcher, but thanks in part to changes he made, pitched well at the bullpen for the Milwaukee Brewers last season. Even after adding Lyles, the team still needed another starting pitcher. Unfortunately, they never addressed this need, and now Lyles appears to have the inside track to being the team's fifth starting pitcher. The Grapefruit League has not been kind to Lyles. In four games, Lyles has posted a 4.91 ERA while allowing 13 hits, two home runs, walking five batters, and striking out seven in 11 innings. He also pitched in a minor league game after leaving an outing with right-side discomfort. This afternoon, the Pirates will host the Philadelphia Phillies at Lee Com Park, and Lyles will make his final start of the spring. This will be his final opportunity to, pun intended, make a pitch as to why he should be the team's fifth starting pitcher. Helping Lyles' cause has been the struggles of Nick Kingham and Stephen Brault. Kingham and Brault have combined to allow 17 runs on 32 hits, four home runs, 16 walks, and 23 strikeouts and 31 and a third innings of work this spring. In addition to Lyles, the bullpen A team is also scheduled to pitch. Those are Felipe Vasquez, setup man Cuny Kella, and the team's two other high-leverage situation relievers, Kyle Crick and Richard Rodriguez, are all scheduled to pitch as well. This afternoon's games will be part of split-squad action. In addition to the Pirates hosting the Phillies in Bradenton, another squad will travel to Fort Myers to battle the Red Sox in Fort Myers. Opening day starter Jameson Tyrell will get his final spring tune-up by facing the defending World Series champions. Rookie Davis and Tyler Lyons are both scheduled to pitch after Tyrell's day ends. Lyons is competing for a spot at the team's bullpen, while Davis will likely start the season in the starting rotation for AAA Indianapolis. Both of Saturday's games are scheduled for 1:05 p.m. The home game against the Phillies will be broadcast on AT&T SportsNet Pittsburgh. Meanwhile, the game in Fort Myers against the Red Sox will be on the Pirates Radio Network. You can listen to either on Pirates.com or the MLB at bat app. It's gonna be an exciting day. Like these last two days are our last, you know, days of spring training. You know, we got the Phillies and Red Sox today. Then we travel up to Sarasota tomorrow. It's our last game today in Lee Park in Bradenton. I mean, spring training flew by, guys. It's over after this week. After this episode, I mean, when we come back on Saturday, we're going to be breaking down to opening day and getting you guys ready for game number two with Trevor Williams. Spring training is over. The offseason is over. And today is a big day for Jordan Lyles. I mean, he's making his final pitch for that spot in the rotation. And really, nobody has... Inspire much confidence in me to believe that fifth spot in the starting rotation is going to be very good. Now, of course, this is spring training, and those numbers can be a bit fluky. And really, it's going to be interesting to see who the Pirates go with and then how that guy does. Now, in my opinion, whoever wins this job is just going to be holding down that spot in the rotation for Mitch Keller. And yes, Mitch Keller struggled this spring training, but I mean, that's not the end all be all, struggling early in spring training. And if he can go to A Indianapolis and dominate, which is hopefully, I mean, the ultimate goal, then expect him to come up this summer. And I would not at all be surprised if he doesn't let Garrett Cole, circa 2013, come up and just start dominating. And, I mean, the rotation at that point would just be so good. It would just be unbelievable. I mean, the rotation already is the strength of this team. And that fifth spot is a bit of a question mark. And we'll see how whoever wins that job between Lyles came and brought how they do. But if Keller can come up and be the pitcher that we all believe he's capable of being, and you're looking at a rotation of Pine, Williams, Archer, Musgrove, and Keller, and you're putting Keller as a five, it's going to be scary. And you take those, those five guys up against anybody, you're going to be in every single game, and it's going to be exciting to see. Jordan Lyles makes his final spring tune-up today. And it's going to be a big one for him against the Philadelphia Phillies at home. The Pittsburgh Pirates had a heavy rumor going on this past offseason about a potential trade. However, the trade that so many thought would never happen. When it comes to the Pittsburgh Pirates, it is usually pretty obvious what players they will look to get rid of during the offseason. The team normally would trade away players who were entering the final year of their team control. They have shown this in years past with the Andrew McCutcheon and Neil Walker trades. Even this past offseason, the Pittsburgh Pirates had several opportunities to make those types of deals. The team had a club option on former second baseman Josh Harrison and looked to deal him, but could not find a willing partner. Then the team had right handed pitcher Von Nova entering the final year of his contract. The team was able to flip him to the Chicago White Sox for a young pitching prospect. However, the most talked about trade room this of this offseason may have been about Pittsburgh Pirates catcher, Francisco Cervelli. The Bucs catcher was, slash is, in the same situation as Nova and Harrison. Not only is he entering the final year of his contract, but he's also the highest paid player on the team's roster $11.5 million. There were a lot of teams rumored to be interested in the veteran backstop at the beginning of the offseason teams such as the Houston Astros, Los Angeles Dodgers, and the New York Mets had reported interest. The Mets quickly dropped out of the bidding as they signed Wilson Ramos rather early on in the offseason, This left the Astros and Dodgers as potential destinations. Then the Dodgers acquired former Dodgers and Pittsburgh Pirates catcher Russell Martin, seemingly making a deal with Cervelli even less likely. The Dodgers seemed to be heavy favorite to Lance Cervelli. Many reports came out of not only the national baseball media, but also from media members in Los Angeles. The Astros side catcher Robinson Trinos and in doing so put themselves in a situation to not have to acquire another catcher. The other issue in the offseason was the market was held up by star catcher JT Romuto. Most of the teams that had interest in potentially acquiring a catcher were at least somewhat in the market for the former Marlins product. The Romuto situation carried through most of the offseason before the Phillies acquired him, in early February. The Francisco Cervelli trade was talked about all offseason long. There looked to be several teams interested, but it all acquired other catchers. Now, it looks like a good thing that the Pittsburgh Pirates to not trade him. The team at Elias Diaz missed most of spring training due to an obscure illness. While Diaz was doing as much off-field work as possible, he never appeared in an actual game. With that being said, the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to rely on Cervelli to make most of the starts at the beginning of the season. This also helps Jacob Stongs and the Pittsburgh Pirates, as Stongs is out of minor league options and would have to be put uh, would put the team in a tough situation to start the season. Diaz will be able to get some extended spring training practice and and get back to game shape. I mean, looking back in, in retrospect, there's no way Neil Huntington could have predicted that Elias Diaz would have came down with this rather obscure illness that that he's had. I mean, Jacobs Dongs would be the starting catcher opening day, and at that point you'd be looking at Stephen Barron being the backup catcher if you do go out and trade Francisco Cervelli. And we talked at length in the offseason about what a Cervelli trade would look like, and we even threw Marte into that trade when there were Marte rumors swirling around. And we said, okay, if we traded them dollars, what could we get in return? I mean, I I thought – uh. Verdugo would have been the centerpiece of that trade. I thought we could have got a pretty good return. But looking at it now, it's probably pretty good that we did not trade Francisco Cervelli. A, he's a fan favorite, and it would not, not be good for ticket sales if he were to leave Pittsburgh. <clears throat> but he's also a veteran guy, and he's a fantastic catcher. I mean, you have that combo of Cervelli and Diaz. I mean, best catching tandem in Canada, baseball. And yes, it does put us in a tough situation with Jacob Stongs when Elias Diaz does come back. Do you carry the three catchers or do you risk losing Jacob Stongs on waivers? And, I mean, it's pretty much a sure bet that a team is going to pick up Jacob Stongs if he's put on waivers. There's not a catching need in Major League Baseball today that if you put him out there, it's not going to be too good. And this is why I said, I mean, we had a whole episode about why Jacob Stongs needs to make the opening day roster. We talked about this at length. We know the injury history of Francisco Cervelli and the concussions. Let's say we do lose songs and waivers and Cervelli goes down with a concussion. Elias Diaz becomes his starting catcher. Great. I'm fine with that. But Stephen Barron becomes our backup catcher. I'm not so fine with that. What if Elias Diaz goes down? You have to put Stephen Barron as your everyday catcher. He would become the backup at that point. Christian Kelly, John Borman, Arden Pabst. I mean, there's really not that much catching depth after Jacob Stongs. And Stephen Barney's a decent catcher. He's a solid fourth catcher in the organization. I'm not going to deny him that. He could be, and I want him to be, the everyday catcher at Indy. We need Stongs on the roster because after this season ends, Cervelli's gone. Diaz is the everyday catcher. I want Stollings as the backup. I don't want Stephen Barron as my backup catcher. And our top catching prospects, guys like Dion, Stafford and Grant Cook, are still a ways out from Pittsburgh. So we need Jacob Stollings. Elias Diaz is working on getting back from his illness, and he should be ready around mid-April. So this decision, is, it's going to come quick. We're going to have about two weeks of baseball. And then the Elias-Diaz-Jacob-Stongs decision. Obviously, Diaz is making the roster. That's, that's not a question when, he, when he's off the injured list. But the, the question of what to do with Jacob-Stongs is a tough one. And especially in the National League, if this was an American League team, you obviously carried Jacob-Stongs. But it, it's not. And those bench spots are valuable, and Stongs could be stealing a bench spot from a deserving guy like Pablo Reyes. That's just the reality of the situation. But another pro to having Jacob Stongs on that Pirates bench is when Diaz gets back. Is you have Cervelli and you have Diaz, and they are fantastic hitters, great hitters. And you say, okay, Cervelli is starting one a day, and if Diaz is on your bench, he's arguably your best bench hitter. But Brady Procedure that you do not pinch at your backup catcher first when Cervelli goes down, right? You can aggressively pinch at Diaz. Or Cervelli, whoever isn't starting that day, if you have Jacob Stallings in, in your back pocket, ready to go as the backup catcher, Diaz and Cervelli can serve as the best bench bats, whoever is on the bench that day. And it also affords the opportunity for Cervelli to start at first base if necessary, and Diaz to start at catcher, and then you have Stallings on the bench right there. Having Stallings on this roster definitely does have its cons. I'm not saying it doesn't, but keeping him on the roster is much better than losing him to waivers. Now, I wish, earnestly wish that he had minor league options, and I, if he does get exposed to waivers, I pray to God that he passes through them. Because if he did have options, you'd obviously send him down to AAA when Elias Diaz is ready to go. But he does not have options. Jacob Stallings is a fantastic catcher, and he is severely underrated. I believe the rest of the league knows this, especially the teams that aren't catchers, mainly the rebuilding teams. I mean, Jacob Stallings could be the catcher of a team's future. He's given an everyday opportunity. He's never had that opportunity, and he's not going to in 2019. He's going to have an opportunity to be the backup catcher for the first couple of weeks of the season, and then... Pretty much be the third catcher again, and it's been a role that he's been in, and, you know, for him, I'd be happy for him if he got an everyday chance, but selfishly, I don't want him to get that chance. I don't, because he's a valuable member of this organization, and I I believe the Pirates realize that, and I believe they're going to keep him on the roster when push comes to shove. And it's going to be a tough decision either way and an interesting one at that. But if you want to make a good decision for this baseball team to win, you need that catching depth. And catching depth is very important. We all know Cervelli's injury history. We do know that Diaz can't get injured as well. You don't want to be put in a situation, going back to 2016 when we had catchers, when Cervelli Stewart, and Diaz all went down. We, we don't want a situation like that to happen. So keep Stones on the roster when Diaz comes back. Godspeed to Diaz. Uh, we'll be excited when you get back to Pittsburgh. And I was talk about the game yesterday because it was uh, interesting. We had uh, some storylines for sure. Another day, another Grapefruit blue game for the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pittsburgh Pirates are now less than a week away from the start of their 2019 regular season. On Friday afternoon, they traveled to Port Charlotte to bow the Tampa Bay Rays in the 20th game of their Grapefruit League schedule. When the Pirates and Rays play, played ball yesterday, the do did some experimenting with their lineup. On top of playing someone different at shortstop, the team was also starting a reliever. Earlier this week, General Manager Neil Huntington announced that Jung-ho Gong would be the team's starting third baseman this season. Prior to suffering a catastrophic knee injury in September of 2015, Gong had begun the team starting shortstop. He also played some shortstop in the minor leagues last season. During this offseason, Huntington said Gong was no longer an option to play shortstop on a daily basis. This contributed to the team acquiring Eric Gonzalez from the Cleveland Indians in a five-player trade to be the team's starting shortstop. However, the team will still get Gong work at shortstop. Yesterday afternoon, Gong started at shortstop. Pirates fans should not get used to seeing this, though. According to Manager Clint Hurdle, the team needs a plan for emergency situations at shortstop. This is why Gong got the start at shortstop yesterday. Kevin Newman, who is battling for a spot on the opening day roster as a utility infielder, also made the trip to Port Charlotte. So, yesterday, Newman replaced Gong at shortstop. Byers getting Gong working shortstop could be an indication of what the opening day bench will be. and It appears the bench is turning towards being made up of Newman, catcher Jacob Stallings, outfitter Melky Cabrera, corner infielder Colin Moran, and super utility man Pablo Reyes. Both Newman and Reyes can play shortstop, which should have the Bucs covered at that position. With Gong getting work at shortstop, this may indicate that the team does not plan to take both Newman and Reyes north. It could also be a sign that they plan to carry three catchers due to Stongis being out of minor league options. When Elias Diaz joins the active roster, which should come in early to mid-April. We will have to wait and see. In addition to gong-pointing shortstop, Francisco Liriano, who will likely be a member of the opening day bullpen, uh, came in second after Brandon Waddell on the mound. Uh, This, uh, for Waddell, he only got inning. Liriano got multiple innings. Outside of an appearance against the Yankees in which Liriano walked all four batters he faced, the veteran lefty has allowed just one run on four hits, two walks, and five strikeouts in eight innings pitched this spring. Yesterday's first pitch was scheduled for 1 5 p.m. It was obviously... We recapped it. it was a three to two loss, and it was a weird situation yesterday with why they switched Waddell and Liriano. It was a very late switch, and Liriano's out. Him he went one and two thirds, three hits, a run, three walks, and three Ks. And really, the thing that concerns me about Francisco Liriano moving forward, uh, because I believe a decision is coming today uh, on if he's going to make the opening day roster. I believe that, yes, that is coming today. He originally had a March 20th deadline, um, but he said, yeah, guys, I believe I can pitch in the major leagues right now. If I don't make the roster, you know, see ya. So I believe, and rumors, reports have shown that he most likely will be making that roster. We'll have a decision today. I don't think it'll be coming here in our next six minutes with you guys. But he's an interesting piece of that rotation, and – I believe he could be a valuable piece of that rotation. Obviously, Liriano is a fan favorite. I mean, we all remember he was the last guy to start when we won a playoff game back in 2013. It's been way too long. Six years since our last playoff win. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get back there. But Liriano is going to be a valuable member of this rotation, and he's going to be a long man at the back of the bullpen. Not, not back end, but, you know, getting those long relief work and coming in and face left east if necessary and it's gonna be another guy too i believe it'll be nick king since he's out of options i don't think camp's gonna win that opening day you know fifth spot in the rotation spot i believe that'll be jordan lyles so you're looking at the two long guys being Lariano and cam and i think brawl will be the odd man out mainly because he does have options left i wouldn't want to lose nick cam that's for sure and Again, it was interesting to see Jung Ho Gong get some shortstop work yesterday because it leads credence to the I mean, discussion that we just had about the three catchers on the roster. And it appears that if Gong is going to work at shortstop and her wants to work in emergency situations like injections, let's just do a theoretical. If the, the bench looks like Stallings, Melky, Moran, Newman, and Reyes to begin the season, And Eric Gonzalez gets ejected, okay? You have two other guys. Even if Newman gets ejected or Reyes, you still have one of the other. Why would you need to work on that emergency situation if when Diaz gets back, you plan to send down either Newman or Reyes? And to be honest, I'd much rather have Pablo Reyes on this roster when Diaz gets back than Kevin Newman. Kevin Newman just does not inspire confidence in me. He lost the opening day shortstop job to Eric Gonzalez. Eric Gonzalez is a fantastic ball player, but Kevin Newman was penciled in for this job for years, and he lost it. And, yes, he had a good week last week, but he overall has not had a very good spring training and is not inspiring confidence in many people at this point. I mean, there's not much more he can prove to the A level, and I don't really know what he can prove. He's batting 216. Homer and five RBIs. You know, I I thought, okay, Kevin Newman was down 17 pounds when he came up last year. He was weak. He wasn't the, the player we all expected him to be, but he was given an everyday opportunity to shine, and he, he did not shine. Now Eric Gonzalez is have out this job for the foreseeable future if he struggles with Miley, Newman might get that job back. But Cole Tucker, is uh, he's coming right up behind those guys. So I mean, Newman's kind of out of luck at this point. And, I mean, ultimately, the decision's going to look a little bit like this when Diaz comes back, I think. There's going to be two decisions to make. If you bring Diaz back and you keep stalling, then it's going to be a decision between Newman and Rance. And, really, the three borderline guys, when Diaz comes back, are going to be... Newman, Reyes, and Stallings. And it's going to be a tough decision for the baseball ops team and Clint Hurdle, but it's going to be a decision that has to be made. And I'm going to continue to say this, but Newman needs needs to be sent down. And I, I wouldn't be upset, and I believe he's going to make the opening day roster. How long he stays is a, is a much different question because we do have Diaz coming back. We do have Polanco coming back. So when these injured players and really Diaz wasn't there, it was just his sickness, but when Polanco injury, Diaz sickness comes back, there's going to be decisions that have to be made. And it, it's a good problem to have having all this depth, but you want to keep the depth. You look at guys who have options. Reyes has options, Newman has options, as just not. And in a way, it's a flip of coin with Reyes and Newman. I mean, Reyes has had a good spring training. He's, he's shined really his whole Ireland's career so far and really hasn't showed me any reason to be upset with Lil Pablo. I mean, in fact, I love the kid. He's a fantastic young ball player and is a spark plug. He was a spark plug in September. We had a great September, and he was a big part of that. He needs to continue to stay on this roster. I mean, this spring so far, he is batting. If I can pull up that bad average, he's batting 311. So it's gonna be an interesting to station. Uh last I mean, guys, this is our last episode of the offseason. And that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. Pirates take on the Phillies and the Red Sox stay in split squad action. We've got the Orioles tomorrow in Sarasota. Head down to Houston Monday and Tuesday. Off day, Wednesdays so we've traveled to Cincinnati. Opening day is on Thursday. The season is here. The offseason is over. We made it together. Thank you all for sticking. With me through this long off season, It's been well worth the wait, and I cannot wait for opening day in Cincy on Thursday. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Benson Fector. Please go to baseballpodcastnet.com for more Buckywood content. If you're in the market for tickets, go to stubyard.com. Punch in promo code BPN10. That's BPN10. Get 10% off all events, all tickets, 10% off BPN10 stubyard.com. Give me a follow on Instagram as well. I'd appreciate it. Bucks dug out. Partner Jared at Pirates.Strong and follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all social media platforms Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net, Twitter that's at Baseball Podcast One, POD, CAS One, YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network, and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. It's going to be a fun last couple of uh, games for the Pirates this spring. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. We'll see you same time, same place next Saturday. Let's go, Bucks. Opening day is just five short days away.